1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Go up top. Mahomes cradles it and goes down to the 13-yard line. Cut the tension with a knife. Ten yards from the win. Mahomes throws it to Kelsey in the middle of the field. Kelsey plowing ahead. Kelsey still on his feet. And I believe he's going to have the first and goal to go. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! This was the Andy Reid special we talked about. He was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it. And in overtime, he is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. McCaffrey in motion. They fake the handoff to him. Chiefs in on Purdy so fast he had to just unload it. So the drive stalls at the Chiefs' five-yard line, and it was Chris Jones who really broke up the play, wrecked it. Got a short field goal attempt coming for Moody. And again, he doesn't win it. The Chiefs get a possession. This is 27 yards. It's made two from outside 50 today. This is half that distance. From 27 yards, he makes it. 22-19, Niners. We're all tied with 47 seconds remaining. Booker searching for an opening. Gets past Pajemski. Stop pose, falling away. Got it! It's a Booker barrage here in the fourth quarter. And Phoenix up by two. 35.6 seconds remaining as Golden State calls timeout. Pajemski has it. Here come the screens. Curry comes free. Gets the ball, puts up a three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry nails the three-pointer with seven tenths of a second remaining. More Curry chaos, his ninth three-pointer. He's got 30 points. In the corner, Grayson Allen has it. Lob it inside, Duran has it. And that's it. Draymond Green deflects the final pass in, and the Golden State Warriors hang on and win a thriller. Jose Perez with five on the time. Perez at three. He is such a challenging matchup for teams. Ten threes for Arizona State. They're 10 for 22. Bradley. Oh, great backdoor cut by Larson. Counted and won. Terrific pass by Bradley. And the lead is 16 now for Arizona. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome. That's right. We made it through. Welcome to the Monday, February 12th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7, the Chiefs is three in five years a dynasty. 
Kyle Shanahan, should he have deferred in overtime? The Suns, why have they been so bad in clutch time? The Sun Devils, does Saturday's win turn things around? The Wildcats, should they be a number one seed? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15 or so, Super Bowl 58 analysis with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. 10-30 interactive action at 602-260-1060. Also today's bottom line and uh, some uh, local roundup stuff. Final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup, including Super Bowl 58. We have some uh, closing line information. Also ripped from the headlines, from the wire, time pending, from the scoreboard, whatever I can jam in in that final segment. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That will include much more Super Bowl 58 analysis. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, should the Chiefs be considered a dynasty after three championships in five seasons? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. That I do. And yes is leading the way here at 60% of the vote. No trailing at 40%. For the record, Webster's number two definition of dynasty is, quote, a powerful group or family that uh, maintains its position for a considerable time, end of quote. So think about that before maybe answer the question. Today's uh, ex-poll question today is uh, Kyle Shanahan. Should he have deferred uh, after winning the overtime coin toss? And uh, Kayla, once again, has early returns. Uh, no, leading the way at 55% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 45%. This is on X at KDUS AM 1060. For the record, uh, the television networks, for the most part, CBS, Fox, ESPN, NFL, pretty much all unanimous as far as the talking heads. Almost everybody said that uh, Shanahan's decision to take the ball was wrong. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns' fourth quarter issues continued. The Suns are now 4-9 in games decided in clutch time, according to Clutch Sports. Why have the Suns been so bad in clutch time? The Sun Devils into the five-game losing streak, winning a uh, – actually, they wanted Utah to sweep the season series against the Utes, again sweeping the series against the Utes. Well, ASU turned its season around after winning that game on Saturday at Utah. The Wildcats had a tremendous week, winning at Utah on Thursday and Colorado on Saturday. Both of those teams were unbeaten at home before facing the U of A. Should the U of A, as of right now, be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? Also, anything else that caught your eye uh, since uh, last Friday's show uh, is certainly open for discussion. I usually have a list of two or three things here that might be possibilities, but I don't have a list of those things today. <laughs> so if other things kind of overruled, what else happened, I think. Uh, that's the pipeline for today. We're with all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls in the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Or you can tweet the show at 
x.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That will be followed by Super Bowl analysis with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. We'll go through, obviously, the game last night and time pending. Uh, a little bit towards the end, uh, some of the future of uh, Kansas City and uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Both those teams have some salary cap decisions to make. Uh, we mentioned before the season even started that some kind of thought it was Super Bowl or bust this year for San Francisco. Uh, and uh, a couple of very key free agents, at least a couple, for Kansas City. Bottom of the hour to be phone call time, 602-260-1060. Whatever else we can get in, bottom line-wise and local roundup, uh, we will have uh, some of the basketball weekend in that segment, too. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m., Super Bowl 58 was a dream scenario for a talk show host. <laughs> so on we go. After uh, the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. And Vinny, as always, thanks for uh, joining us, especially today after, uh, I'm sure, a busy night for you. Uh, probably a busy week or two for you. Uh, so thanks for joining us. After taking a breath after last night's game ended, other than Patrick Mahomes, who I promise I will get to here soon, uh, what most stood out to you after that uh, contest last night? Well, I think Andy Reid. I think he was in control of the game all along. I think you also reminded how much of leaders Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and even Harrison Butker making the big field goals. These guys have been on board with all three Super Bowl titles so far as uh, the core players. You look at offense, defense, special teams. You saw Chris Jones firing up his teammates uh, when they were struggling a little bit defensively. Uh, Travis Kelsey, we'll find out more about that maybe this week, uh, getting in the face of Andy Reid, but more fired up about the frustration <laughs> that the offense was having early with Isaiah Pacheco's fumble. So I think the Chiefs maybe respond to adversity better than any team I've really seen. I mean, they almost prefer, I think, I don't, I don't know if I want to say that, but they want to have 10-point holes in Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> they right. just have an uncanny ability to come back. Maybe it's because they know what they have to do, and it just gets everyone fired up, and everyone just gets focused and on the same page. But that comes back to Andy Reid. He has them well-prepared. He schemes them perfectly. They have a great situational awareness as a team. They just go through everything that can possibly happen in a game, and they're just prepared and uh, the, you see that on the field. I think the 49ers, I think that was the one element you would say that was missing. I think everything else was there. They played as well as they could. They faced a tough Chiefs defense. 
Christian McCaffrey played well. Their defense played as well as expected and held up as much as it could for essentially five quarters against Patrick Mahomes. But you got to finish, and these close games maybe come down to a few decisions and a few pieces of execution that right now, if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were those guys that you trusted most, then I think you would say it's Mahomes and Reed now. Okay, I'll get to the 49ers side of things in a few minutes here. Uh, Dynasty is, I think, a tricky word when talking sports, uh, but three Super Bowl championships in five seasons. uh, Does that qualify for a sports dynasty in your mind? Yeah, it's funny whenever the word dynasty comes up because uh, it goes back to uh, Chinese emperors and some of them are around for 30, 40 years. So (laughs) it it gets me kind of... uh, interested in that but yeah i mean dynasty to me is just now i think we say if you can win three i think that's a dynasty i think two is special and those uh teams that have won two are definitely belong in a special place but we know like the cowboys getting the two and then getting third that put them over the top of the dynasty joe montana winning the, the three super bowls that made that 49ers team a dynasty at that time and so that's how we look at it. I guess it's a rough calculation of three, but I think you can carry that to the Golden State Warriors and some other teams, the Lakers that we had with Kobe and Shaq, and then, of course, uh, Michael Jordan's Bulls. So I think you know it when you see it. It's not necessarily a classic defined word where you say, okay, this team is a dynasty, but you know when a team feels unbeatable, and they're racking up championships, okay, that is what I can point to a dynasty. So I think if it feels like it and it just has that vibe, then you have to go with it. So on to number 15 we go. What about Mahomes most impresses you? I think, again, I, he doesn't care if they're behind. He doesn't care who's out there with him. He doesn't care if they've just made mistakes, right? Pacheco fumbled early in the game. Marcus Valdez-Scantling ran backward on a play that was an easy, positive game. <laughs> and he just went back to him on the very next play, and he handed Pacheco right. the ball in the red zone. And, and Travis Kelsey wasn't open, but they manufactured a way to get him open in the second half. And he ends up with a game where you would have not figured that he was a non-factor in the first half. So he just gets it done to whoever it needs to be done with. So that's what impresses me, is that he's going to find a way – he knows that he's going to have the schematic support, and he just has to execute, and his guys have to help him a little bit. And if all that happens, he's pretty confident he's going to win. So I think that was the biggest shock to me is of the Kyle Shanahan decision. I would never, regardless of any other game strategy, never decide to give Patrick Mahomes the ball last in a game-tying or game-winning situation. I don't know if he had learned that from regulation, but I think there were many cases. If they came back four times in a game, they were bound to do it again because Mahomes is always ready to answer. To me, the Chiefs actually won the championship this season because of their defense. Steve Spagnolo has won four Super Bowls now as a you know a D coordinator. What most stands out about Spags and can can we get like a Hall of Fame wing for him? Yeah, maybe there'll be a coordinator's wing that develops, but yeah, definitely if you're gonna say the coordinator that has been big in the Super Bowl, I mean, how can you say this guy isn't? I mean, going back to his Giants days and thwarting the undefeated offensive juggernaut of the Patriots in the biggest upset in the Super Bowl. So, look, what the Chiefs do as an organization is realize 
Patrick Mahomes can make it work with lesser wide receivers. We didn't need to invest in Tyree Kill. Okay, we keep Travis Kelsey. We pay Patrick Mahomes. We can reshuffle our offensive linemen. We can let them go. We can switch up guard. We can switch up tackle. What does that do? It frees up money to keep a guy like Chris Jones around. It frees up flexibility to go after players. It frees up draft resources, right? I mean, you look at the way they've got Legereus Snee and Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, their linebackers, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. It's all because they could focus on just getting all these key defensive players young. So this is yet another Mahomes effect that we're seeing is that they can keep a Jones over a hill, and that's more important. Or maybe keep Sneed and Jones intact if uh, Mahomes wants to restructure his deal and, and say, look, I don't need some of these wide receivers that can free up some cap room for me. So, yeah, yet another sneaky effect of Mahomes that, okay, we're going to build a defense. What do you want to do if you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes? Teams are going to have to throw and keep up with you and are going to be intimidated. Go build a defense that can rush the passer and cover it at an extremely high level. And the Chiefs, I think, hit their peak with that under Spagnuolo this season. Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News, currently in the Sports Zone. Uh, you mentioned Shanahan and the decision at the you know to uh, you know basically take the ball there. Uh, why is Shanahan now zero and three in Super Bowls as a head coach and defense? Excuse me, offensive coordinator. Well, I don't think he's the best situational coach. I think he's a brilliant offensive schemer, and we've seen that. But when things start to get taken away, and there were some things taken away, right? George Kittle downfield, stretching the steam was not there. You didn't even have the big plays, right, to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. The field-stretching ability wasn't there. I mean, the longest completion was a 24-yard short pass to Christian McCaffrey in the overtime. So you knew they were not going to stretch the field here. Now, I think Brock Purdy and the offense did a great job to adjust to that, realizing we had to go shorter passes, we had to feed McCaffrey and make him the centerpiece of the game. So all that with the offensive game plan was solid, sound, and the way they had to approach it against the Chiefs' defense. But situationally, I think if you watched the game with Tony Romo just saying things like, okay, they're going to blitz them now because they want them to get off the field quickly, whether with a touchdown or just get – Purdy, they're going to win in some way and get the ball to Patrick Mahomes. Well, in that case, like where's your screen pass or something like that to anticipate that? I think the Chiefs are a little bit just ahead of everyone else with their coaching. And I don't think it's just a Kyle Shanahan thing, but I think now you've seen Shanahan run into Belichick and Brady and Mahomes and Reed. Maybe that's the key is not facing one of those teams in a Super Bowl. And then maybe Kyle Shanahan will get his ring. Yeah, breaking news here. Those guys aren't leaving anytime soon, however. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Brock Purdy, you mentioned, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, how would you evaluate his performance last night? I think under the circumstances, as best as he possibly could have played. Now, he did miss a few throws, but so did Mahomes. I mean, he had an interception, and there's that. But, look, you knew they were going to lean on the running game. That was the best course of action that the 49ers possibly could have taken. It's feeding McCaffrey a lot. That's the weakness of the Chiefs' defense. You don't throw into the strength of the Chiefs' defense and have Purdy hold the ball long looking for the big plays downfield because he's going to get sacked, pressured into turnovers. So I think, again, he played as well as needed to win the game within the game plan. Now, again, missing a few red zone opportunities, but keep in mind the Chiefs missed all those as well as they were trying to answer Purdy until – the overtime drive. So uh, I, I think it was a draw for four quarters, so that was great. 
But in the end, I guess Mahomes just had one more opportunity and one better positioned drive to win it. And that's basically the difference in the game. 49ers did lose two defensive starters in this game. Drake Greenlaw, obviously, with Achilles injury in the second quarter. Jair Brown, starting safety, went down the next-to-last play in regulation time. How much do you think that their absence uh, absences uh, played a role in the rest of the game for them? Yeah, I think Drake Greenlaw a little bit because of his coverage ability and maybe handling some of the short passes they had. And But I would say, look, they were still in good shape with uh, Fred Warner and some other guys that were there. It's just the Chiefs had designed these plays where – there's a lot of misdirection, and they got 49ers defenders fooled, even the elite guys on the field. So I don't know how much of a difference Dre Greenlaw could have made in that. Now, I would say one player, if he had been in this game, and you mentioned Jair Brown, if that was Talanoa Fonga, they really missed him. This guy was mm-hmm. a wrecking ball in last year's playoffs and just was all over the field making plays. And he was the guy that maybe could intimidate some things in the middle of the field. I mean, clearly one of their best defensive players from last year and this year before he got hurt. So that's a player, again, just watch out for him, maybe making a big difference next year if he can go through the whole season healthy. But, yeah, they did miss him, I think, not just in this game, but in the playoffs as well. There were some voids in the middle of the field that I think Kufanga could have helped them solve and play a lot better there. Let's look ahead a little bit uh, to the offseason here. You know, the Chiefs have some free agents, including Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. Um, if they can only take one of those guys and bring him back, only they only had they have a choice to bring one back, one one of those two guys back. Which one would it be? Uh, you know, Jones or Sneed to you? I think it has to be Chris Jones because he's not just the guy that's leading their pass rush from the inside, but he's their emotional leader. We saw it several times. He is very important to have as a leader on that defense. Now, LeJarius Steed, look, he made a mistake in the game where he, he hit Purdy when he shouldn't have, and it was just uh, in a bad spot. So when you look at that, look, Steed has been very good for them, and he's transitioned well from slot to outside, but they have Trent McDuffie. They have first-team All-Pro there that they're bringing along. So if they are confident that, look, we found McDuffie, we found Steed, we can find another guy like this for a defense that hits fits our scheme, then you got to say goodbye to Snead because I think he's a little bit more replaceable. We, I think Ben Jones at this point, uh, just emotionally and talent-wise, because you don't get many defensive tackles who disrupt the backfield and get to quarterbacks the way that Jones does. But corners like Snead, you can develop another guy. And the Chiefs have directly done that. So I think that's where they'll move on. I think some things you want to watch out for. Patrick Mahomes maybe restructuring his contract. They can easily get out of MVS's deal and save $12 million toward the cap. Now, I think they're around $24 million under, so I think they can make it work with Jones. They'll probably get like $33 million a season. But then I think they're going to have to make some tough decisions, but I don't think it'll be too tough between Jones and Steve. Okay, the 49ers, uh, you know, what do they need to do in the offseason? And uh, if, you, know, you sound like you have a pretty good idea of the cap situation, which I'm terrible at. Uh, so help me out here. Yeah, they don't have a great cap situation, but they do, I believe, have 11 draft picks. And I think a lot of their work is going to be done to the draft. And the biggest thing that they need to do, if we look deep dive into the game last night, Trent Williams is great, but the rest of their offensive line needs some work, especially on the interior. So they got to rebuild guard 
quite a bit here in center, and they got to get that short up for Purdy in the running game. Now they're great in the running game because they're athletic, but they struggled a bit in pass protection, not just the guards, but the right tackle. So I think they'll be looking for a right yeah. tackle, some guards and some protection. You've got to get that. I think that will be the priority, and uh, they got to figure out what do they want to do with their wide receivers? If they need to pay Brandon Ayuk, they move on from Debo Samuel. What do they do? So they're going to have to make some decisions ahead of needing to pay Brock Purdy probably the market value in January 2025. Okay. Um, so what have I not asked here that I should have asked you, or is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> well, I think, look, just Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be the obstacle for everyone. He's the new Tom Brady. Everyone has to get through him at some point if you're going to win a Super Bowl and breakthrough. We saw a little bit with some other teams who were getting their chances with Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Some of these the guys were able to break through and win a championship. But I think you'll still see that. But I think Mahomes, again, having three championships in six years, his body of work in the first six years of starter better than Brady. So a lot of things we want to see going forward. Now, I, I think there's a great chance Mahomes – can end up with as many rings and based on the statistical performance i think you would say he's off to a much better start than brady i'd agree no doubt okay Vinny, great stuff as always i really appreciate you doing the quick turnaround here i'm sure you're as i mentioned earlier really really busy so thanks for taking time for us yep no worries uh, have a good one you too. We'll talk. I'm sure uh, at least once or twice during the off season, the next season for sure. Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News. Read all his stuff, uh, SportingNews.com, etc. Next segment, phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some bottom line answers from today's pipeline, uh, non-poll questions, which of course we'll save for the extra point hosted by Kayla, and we'll get to those. Uh, the uh, the uh, poll questions we'll get to those uh during the uh 12 o'clock hour of the extra point but uh we'll get to the other the, the basketball questions the local basketball questions in the next segment and also a time pending in the next segment we'll have some local roundup stuff from the suns asu and the university of arizona and uh we'll wrap it up in the uh, final segment of this hour we'll wrap up the sports zone with the national roundup and uh, we'll start that with uh, a little more on the super bowl some closing line information there was some line there was some line movement yesterday uh, at least in a few places across the world and we'll point out some of that you're listening to sports zone with bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and kiss lux hd2 100.7 Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. We've got time and a little more, a little more time than usual in this segment. So if you want to get in. 602-260-1060. That's the KDUS hotline. We will get uh, to your phone calls in just a couple of seconds. First up, let's get to the, some bottom line questions from today's pipeline. Uh, the uh, basketball questions here. The Suns question, why have the Suns been so bad during clutch time? According to Clutch Sports, 
uh, 4-9 in games decided in clutch time this year. I think the bottom line is you can kind of take your pick as to why the Suns have been so bad with the game on the line. Uh, they have the worst fourth-quarter defense in the NBA. Like I said, you can take your pick of these things. They don't have a true point guard. And also, they've had way too many turnovers. Then, uh, and I got one more thing here that has been kind of a constant in their losses, and especially their fourth-quarter woes. They're rebounding. They give up second shots. They've given up some key second shots and losses this season. And these things don't seem to change whether the big three are playing or not. Uh, so we'll hopefully see some kind of change. I'm not hopeful, but hopefully that will change. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, big win on Saturday. Uh, they went at Utah, and they really dominated that game for the most part from start to finish. They sweep the season series against Utah again. Uh, question is, did, they, did ASU turn its season around with that win against Utah? Bottom line here is one win is not going to turn around a season of any team that had lost the previous five games. So I'm not buying that Saturday's win turns around ASU season, which seemed to be pretty close to done uh, before that. Now I think it's just close to done. Uh, you know, they obviously they still have to win the Pac-12 tournament to go to the have any chance to you know well to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, even if they won out in the regular season uh, and then lost in the Pac-12 tournament, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. They they've got to win the entire Pac-12 tournament to to do so. Meanwhile, the U of A a tremendous week, winning at Utah on Thursday, Colorado on Saturday. Both of those teams were unbeaten. Uh, at home before a, uh, before the U of A showed up, and uh, the U of A wins a triple overtime on Thursday night at Utah. Did not seem to be fatigued at all when they won at Colorado on Saturday night. The bottom line is the U of A after Saturday is a top seed. The question is, uh, should the U of A be a top seed? And I know they are in at least a couple of the bracketology people who those people pay much more attention to the you know where teams should be seated than I do, uh, so I'm going to give them full credit. Uh, but the majority of the the bracketology world, after the game on Saturday night, now believes that the U of A is the number one seed. Uh, so I'll go with uh, I'll take their word for it because uh, they study that a lot more than I do. Also in today's pipeline, the poll questions, of course. Uh, should the Chiefs be considered a dynasty after three championships in five seasons? And today's ex-poll question is, should Kyle Shanahan have uh, deferred after winning the overtime uh, coin toss? And uh, we'll get to the answers of those when we get to the extra point. We'll answer those in the noon hour, the extra point hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1 o'clock. All right, on to the phone lines we go. Monroe and Glendale, Hello. Happy post-Super Bowl Monday, Bob. Yeah, yeah. It's a, an interesting quick turnover turnaround, obviously, as I mentioned with uh, the top of the interview with Vinny in the last segment. Uh, that game last night, the way everything you know, sh you know, kind of went down is a, a, you know, a dream for talk show host. I mean, I mean we, got, we got stuff to talk Absolutely. about for a long time. Yeah. Um, I want to deal with the poll questions. Um, I don't believe the definition actually applies because there's no definition of considerable amount of time. That's in the eye of the beholder. 
Uh, and when it comes to sports, in my view, a considerable amount of time is three out of five. <laughs> That's to me. Okay. Just ask any one-time Super Bowl appearance losing quarterback, and I guarantee you they'll call him a dime. Whether it's Dan Marino or Vince Bergamo or Ken Anderson or the list is pretty long of guys who only went once and we thought they would get back and they did not. So to me, if they're not a dynasty, the Steelers of the 70s are not a dynasty. The 49ers of the 80s are not a dynasty. The Cowboys of the 90s are not a dynasty. And therefore, in football, the only real dynasty is the, the Patriots, and I'm just not buying that thing. So to me, yes, they are a dynasty. Patrick Mahomes, I think, demonstrated something I've been trying to explain to my 49er friends, the difference. <laughs> uh, I, I They think I'm trashing Brock Purdy, and I'm not. I'm just – I just see this is how you carry a team. When you carry, this is what it looks like. And this is what we saw last night. At the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes carried that team. They knew what they needed to do when they needed to do it, but so did the 49ers. The 49ers are a good team. Brock Purdy played a near perfect game, he missed some passes, but he didn't make mistakes. And so, to me, I don't know how you cannot call this team a dynasty. I, I just don't know how you can do it. One question. Are those 49ers friends of yours still your friends? <laughs> uh, yeah, I talked them off the ledge uh, because <laughs> I'm not trashing their team. Right? They okay. have a good, they have, I think they were more talented than the Chiefs. But I think the, another area of difference is Kyle Shanahan, to me, is just too smart for his own good. He's just too smart. Uh, I don't listen to the talking heads, so as soon as the game was over with, I turn off the fan fan. I'm thinking, why would you give Patrick Mahomes the opportunity to know what they need to do? And then I hear on the radio this morning that there were some other 49ers players, they say some, but it's really just two, who said, they didn't even know what the rules of overtime were. Whereas the Chiefs players said, we've talked about this from the beginning of the playoffs. If we ever get in overtime, here's what we're going to do. We're going to except, yeah, except for McCall Hardman, who scored the game-winning touchdown and didn't know the game was over. He had oh, no well, idea yeah. the game was over. Yeah. He, he had no idea yeah, the no. game was over. You can just tell by his actions, and he admitted it after the game. He didn't know the game was over. Sure, sure. But the idea is you don't you don't let Tom Brady, you don't let Patrick Mahomes have the last thing. You just don't do that. You may not yeah, be able to actually, stop him, but you, go ahead, but I'm you sorry. don't let them get the ball last. And so I, 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 I couldn't help but think about the Atlanta New England Super Bowl as I'm watching this. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I hope this doesn't turn out to be a, you know, another situational football deal. And that, to me, is what that's what your guest said. He, he's not good at situations. He's a genius guy. He's a great. You team. know the weird, 
the weird thing about Shanahan, you know, let's go back to you know, the twenty-eight to three, and you know, you know, the the fact that they blew that game when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. And one of the biggest criticisms I recall from that game is he got criticized because there was a third down play in which Matt Ryan threw the ball when they should have run the ball. And so that happened then. I think the majority of the criticism last night, especially in the third quarter when they were obviously having all kinds of problems to do anything, is that McCaffrey wasn't getting enough running attempts. So, yeah, he's now lost Super Bowls in which he's been criticized for you know, running, uh, throwing it once or at least once with Matt Ryan and then not running it enough this time around uh, with McCaffrey. You know, the 10-point uh, lead, I think that was, uh, you know, when they blew that Super Bowl to the Chiefs, I think that that was actually Jimmy G just sucked. Uh, but uh, yeah, that gives yeah. me another reason to get – that was that was the reason they lost that game. Uh, and then obviously they, made, they couldn't make some plays on defense in that game. But, I mean, it, it's amazing – that there's been you know, a lot of different scenarios as to why Shanahan has not won a Super Bowl as a coordinator or head coach now. Yeah, last night Tony Romo pointed out why are you getting away from the run? If Tony Romo yep. is finding things that <laughs> it, it's pretty clear. Uh, yeah, I got to I got to say one. I gotta, let, me, let me say one other thing. You bring up Romo. I'm obviously not a big fan of his. I thought he had a fantastic game last night. Uh, that was, you know, if he had every game that he broadcast was anywhere near that level of performance from a broadcaster, I would never have said anything bad about him. But unfortunately, in my opinion, and I think some other people's opinions in the last couple of years, the more we hear from him. We rarely get that kind of performance from Romo, Romo, and I don't. I think he was just kind of a splashy, different guy when he first show, uh, showed up as a commentator. Uh, but I think as the years have gone on, he's uh, been criticized more. But I thought he had an excellent game last night. Yeah, yeah. My last thing I just add is, I believe if Brock Purdy was the, the quarterback instead of Garoppolo, I believe they would have won the game. I don't think oh, they're yeah. I think they won with the game. So they got a great team, dude. They, you know, they, they can't be criticized. It was, it was a suspenseful game. Uh, I don't know if it was the best quality game, but it was not a lot of penalties and a lot, a lot of mistakes. It's just when it came down to the right situation, and the city made the plays, and you got to give them credit for it. Totally agree. Well, absolutely no, no good way to put that. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Good stuff. Good stuff, Monroe. Good hearing from you again. Thanks. Don't be a stranger anymore. I know you've been, you know, a lot of stuff going on for all of us these last few weeks, but, uh, you know, good to hear from you. Uh, so uh, take care. Thanks for the input there. All right. Next up, we will uh, wrap up the one hour spectacular known as the Sports Zone with the National Roundup. We'll start that with uh, the Super Bowl closing line, the consensus closing line, and then a couple of places that maybe were a little different as far as that goes. But there was some movement in the last, oh, I want to say four or five hours before the game. At least that's when I first noticed it. I, I, you know, I checked in the morning, then kind of got lost uh, for a little while as far as a few other things going. And then, like at oh, let's see, about one o'clock yesterday, I checked back and I noticed that some things had changed as far as the line across the world. And I'll point those things out in the next segment. 
to start the segment, and then whatever else I can get in, I'll jam into a short period of time. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. We start as we've started uh, the last two weeks with the latest line for the Super Bowl. And this time around, it's the closing line for the Super Bowl. Remember two weeks ago when the line opened, uh, the 49ers are two and a half point favorites and the total was 48. The immediate reaction of two Sundays ago was the, the Niners went to one-and-a-half-point favorites. That eventually went back to two within the next 24 hours and pretty much stayed that way uh, throughout the rest of the uh, time before the Super Bowl started. Now, the closing line yesterday, the 49ers, the consensus closing line, they did go off as a two-point favorite. However, there were several shops, especially in Nevada, that uh, dropped it to one and a half at kickoff by kickoff, and that usually that started sometime yesterday afternoon after one o'clock, uh, around one o'clock, uh, somewhere in that ballpark. And also the total also dropped dropped from forty, uh, you know, forty seven and a half almost all of last the last two weeks really, and uh, that hit uh, forty six and a half. Actually, the consensus apologized. The consensus closing line was forty seven, but there was at least one forty six and a half at uh, the Las Vegas Westgate for the closing number at that uh, establishment yesterday. All right. Now that I hopefully didn't confuse everybody with that. Uh, Rip from the headlines and from the wire, let's do some NFL here. Falcons owner Arthur Blank said that Bill Belichick did not ask for full control, uh, full control and that Belichick was not offered the head coaching position in Atlanta. Also, Belichick has reportedly informed multiple owners that he would be interested in coaching in 2025. Meanwhile, former Cardinal Hassan Reddick uh, is uh, seeking and you know, either that or been granted permission, depending on which you know, network you believe in, uh, from the Eagles to request a trade. Wonder if he'd like to come back to Arizona. Arizona has enough money to pay him, but does he want to go from a contender to a team that, you know, still by the end of last this past season, or now this season, I guess, the end of 2023, uh, I don't think there is a roster in the NFL that was as bad as the Cardinals, especially on defense. So he could certainly help them. They need a pass rusher really badly, among other things. Meanwhile, Sean Payton said that Russell Wilson – Sooner rather than later, uh, we'll know if he's going to remain with the Broncos. That, to me, tells me that he's not going to remain with the Broncos. The Cowboys named Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. Uh, we talked about the possibility of this last week. You know, They interviewed Ron Rivera and also Rex Ryan for that job. I think that Zimmer's defense is a much better choice, uh, especially uh, you know, hopefully Stephon Gilmore. Uh, will continue and come back. He said last week that he wanted to re-sign with the Cowboys. I know that's a two-way two-way street there, but yeah, hopefully, uh, you know that Zimmer's defense or anybody's defense would be better if Gilmore was on the roster. 
Meanwhile, from the NBA, uh, the Sixers agreed on a buyout deal officially, or a, you know, a, you know, actually a signing after a buyout uh, and, uh, Carol, uh, for uh, Charlotte with Kyle Lowry. So Kyle Lowry, Philadelphia native, is returning to Philadelphia. $2.8 million uh, for the rest of the season. That's a pretty good gig. Uh, but can Kyle Lowry still play at a you know, you know, all-star level? No. Can he be a contributing player? That's questionable. Certainly was not this year. Well, really at the end of last year, and he wasn't very good in the playoffs last year for Miami. Miami traded to Charlotte, and obviously Charlotte uh, unable to trade him before the trade deadline. I'm sure they tried. Major League Baseball, Corey Kluber, a two-time Cy Young Award winner uh, for Cleveland. And uh, he pitched a no-hitter for the Yankees in 2021. He announced his retirement Friday after 13 Major League seasons. Uh, Kluber, a big personal favorite of mine because, among other things, he helped me win some money in fantasy leagues. Uh, But uh, an excellent pitcher, Mr. Kluber. He retired last Friday. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Point coming up next, hosted by Kayla over the next two hours. Lots more on the Super Bowl, needless to say. More phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.